Welcome to Bullhorn Bible Study. This week we're switching it up a little bit and we are taking a look at a verse that's famous simply for being the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept is not something that you'll find on a coffee mug or on a poster or in a meme, but I think a closer look at this one will really help us understand who God is and how he sees us just a little bit more. I'm gonna kick us off with an embarrassingly personal story of my own from just two weeks ago. I was in what Anne Shirley calls the depths of despair. I had these things in my life, these dreams that seemed to be dying and I was really upset. So I decided to call my husband. But I didn't call him because we're too, we're too high attack for that in the sweet house. We have this app on our phone where we can leave each other video messages. So I picked up my phone to send him a video message and I realized as I was about to open my mouth that words weren't going to come out and that I was about to start crying. You know, the kind of crying where there is just no stopping it. Like it's just, it's coming no matter what you do. And so I quickly, I put my phone down and I just let it fly. And it wasn't, it wasn't the pretty kind of cry. You know, the kind where you're like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like just sobbing, you know, nose running, just heaving cry. And so I just, I let it go and I cried myself out. And then I pulled myself together and I picked up my phone to actually leave my husband a message. And I realized that I had been recording the entire time. And so there was just like, three minutes of just me howling on this video message. And this app, there's no take, there's no, there's no take backs. Once it's out there, it's out there. Like you can't delete it. You can't edit it. Nothing. And I was so embarrassed. I quickly, I texted my husband, I'm like, don't watch that message. Just, just delete, just ignore it. And he, of course, what does he do? He then watches the whole thing. And then he, he came home and he, you know, quickly came up to ask me what was wrong and how I was doing. But you guys, it was so incredibly embarrassing. Like this is my, my husband, my sweet husband who knows me and loves me so very well. But this was just felt even too vulnerable even for him. That kind of emotional place is the vibe that I want you to hold on to as we begin to dig into the meaning and context of John 11. And I'm gonna warn you that for a really short little verse, it requires a fair amount of context. So we're gonna be looking at almost the entire chapter, but hang in there, stay focused. I really think it'll be worth it in the end. John 11. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. First, let's give a little historical and geographical context to what's happening here. So this is fairly late in Jesus' public ministry. We are not too far away from his arrest and crucifixion and resurrection. And so at this point, he has developed quite a few followers. 
as well as a few enemies who were in powerful positions. And they didn't like Jesus because they thought that what he was saying was going to take power away from them. It tells us that in John 10, which is right prior to this, that Jesus was in Jerusalem, which is the seat of power for Jewish people. That is where all the uppity ups were. It was where the Jewish temple was. That he was there in Jerusalem proclaiming truth. And people were getting a wee bit uncomfortable to the point where they tried to stone him. But the Bible tells us that he escaped their grasp and he went across the River Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. Here is a map of what we're talking about. Here's Jerusalem, which is where Jesus was proclaiming truth and where he was almost stoned. It says that then he left and he crossed the River Jordan to the place where John the Baptist first did his baptizing in the early years. Now, we don't know exactly where this is, but it was somewhere here in the lower Jordan River Valley. Location is important in this biblical encounter. And so I want you to take that information and tuck it in your pocket because it might come in handy later. So the sisters sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you were going back? Okay, there's a few things that might pique your interest from these little lines in the Bible, and we're going to get to them. But first, let's talk about why the disciples were freaking out. Bethany was, which is where the siblings were, was about two miles away from Jerusalem. So if they were to go, if Jesus was to go to Bethany, he would be really close to the people who were looking for a reason to kill him or stone him. And so his disciples were kind of freaking out. They're like, we should just stay right where we are. Jesus knows what's up. He says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Jesus knew exactly how much time he had and what he was supposed to do with it. After he said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Now, bear in mind that the word that Jesus and his disciples had received from Mary and Martha was that Lazarus was just sick. But Jesus is saying that he is dead. If you need any more indication that Jesus isn't just an ordinary man, that might be one of them! Anyways, on with the story. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you, what you whatever you ask. So we've got a little bit of text tone happening right here because we can't tell the tone of what Martha was saying here. Did she believe that Jesus was going to raise her brother from the dead at this point? 
I don't think so, but only because of what she says next. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. For Martha to call Jesus the Messiah and the Son of God, that spoke of a deep faith. And so it seems that what Martha is saying here is that while she believes that Jesus is who he says he is, she also thinks that he could have done something for her brother, but he chose not to. But that she will continue to have faith in him even if she can't fathom what it is. This is a humbling picture of faith for the rest of us. After she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Again, we have a slight case of the text tone. We don't know if Mary was, was being trusting or accusatory in the way she spoke to Jesus. Like, was she saying, if only you'd been here, you know, was she being sassy? Or was she saying, I know that if you'd been here, things would have been different. We don't really know. And it actually, it really doesn't matter. The interesting thing is that while both women had faith in Jesus, it fell short of what he was actually capable of doing. Whether they were being accusatory or trusting, they both believed that if Jesus had been there, he could have done something for Lazarus. But Jesus is the son of God and he has no such limitations. All we have to do is look at the story in Matthew of when Jesus healed the centurion's servant without actually being there. So this shows us that even these two women who were very dear to Jesus and who knew him well and had a deep faith, that they still had a little room to grow themselves. So Mary falls at his feet and says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. The Greek translation for moved in spirit is snorts like a horse. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. That's actually what the translation means. Now, picture in your mind a horse snorting. What is what is the attitude that the horse is conveying when you hear that? It's it's kind of irritated, right? And that's what the author of John is conveying here. That Jesus in actually other translation says that Jesus was angry. That it, that if he was angry and irritated by this, but he wasn't irritated or angry with his people. This wasn't about a lack of faith. This was about righteous anger on behalf of those people and the hardship they had to go through. Jesus knows it's not what his people were created for, and yet here they were, and he sat in that and held that with them. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. There it is. Two little words which tell us so much about how our Heavenly Father sees us. 
Jesus was there. He saw the beautiful faith of his people as well as their limitations. He saw their grief and he knew it too because Lazarus was his friend. He wept at the pain of it all. He wept for those people and with those people. It makes me think of one of those paintings where someone has their head bowed or their head in their hands and, and they're crying or whatever it is and, and they show Jesus standing behind them with his hand on their shoulder, kind of like patting their back. I, I don't think this does justice to Jesus, to our Jesus, the one that we see here. Jesus just doesn't stand behind us and pat us on the back saying, there, there, when something, when our dreams are dying or someone's actually dying or anything that's causing us grief. He doesn't just go, there, there, it'll be okay. Jesus gets down on the ground with us and cries with us. He feels intensely the same pain that we feel. He feels our pain and our hurt, but he also carries the burden of truth for why we have to experience it. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. Remember, he was he was saddened and angry and irritated at the things that were keeping people from God, including their lack of faith. He came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. My favorite translation of this verse in the King James Version has Martha saying that don't open it, it's been four days, he stinketh, which I find kind of humorous. It's been four days. This is intentional. See, in Jewish culture, there was a superstition that after someone died, the soul of their body might hover for up to three days. So they might come back to life within that time. In the words of the princess bride, they were just mostly dead. But by the fourth day, they were dead, dead. And this is where Jesus comes in. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe me, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Yay, Jesus made it all better. Lazarus is alive, Whee! But wait, there are a couple of loose ends still to tie up or maybe not tie up and just look at and wonder. The Bible tells us that Jesus waited two days after he heard that Lazarus was sick before he left to go to Bethany. And the Bible tells us that by the time he got to Bethany, Lazarus had been dead for four days. So Lazarus was already dead before Jesus even said anything at all. He waited. The Bible is also very clear to point out that Jesus loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were, they were dear to him, that they were his, his family. 
And yet he chose to allow them to suffer in their grief or in death for four days. Why? Well, there are at least two reasons the Bible gives us. The first reason is found here in verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea, which is where Bethany was located. Jesus waited because he loved them. This is so hard for us to wrap our brains around. The fact that Jesus allowed Mary and Martha to suffer for four days because he loved them. Why? What? Why? Well, for us to understand why, we need to remind ourselves what Jesus' mission was by coming to earth. Remember, he was here to move us out of the chaos of sin towards the hope of redemption. Mary and Martha were women of great faith, but their faith still had limitations. And by raising Lazarus from the dead in the way he did, Jesus expanded Mary and Martha's understanding of who Jesus is and what he's capable of. Jesus says in verse 40, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I don't know about you, but I have a really hard time wrapping my brain around this. I don't know how far back it goes, but I know that we live in a culture which has conditioned us to expect happiness and that that happiness should extend to our faith. That if we believe in Jesus, then bad things won't happen to us. But the reality is if we don't come across hardship and pain, if we don't experience it now, we won't know the need for a savior and Lord. And without knowing our need and accepting our Savior and Lord, we're doomed to spend eternity in hardship and pain. And God loves us too much to let that happen. And so he's fighting for us so that we don't have to do that. Even if it means that we must experience it momentarily so as not to experience it eternally. But do you know what? It sucks for him too. That's why Jesus wept. God created us for a life free from pain and hardship. And it is devastating to him that we have to experience it even for one moment. He knows what we're going through and he's fighting to get us out. The second reason that Jesus allowed Lazarus to die is a little more clear and easier for us to wrap our brains around. If you go back to when he's first gotten word that Lazarus is sick, and this is what he says to his disciples, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going to there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. Jesus is trying to move his disciples closer to redemption as well. See, these are his disciples. They're with him everywhere. They have faith, but they too had room to grow and move. And for them, it had something to do with understanding that this life is temporary. That's why he's talking about Lazarus has gone to sleep. And his disciples are like, oh, well, then don't worry about it. Then he's going to be just fine if he gets a good night's sleep. And Jesus says, no, actually, he's dead. 
And so what he's telling them is that when we physically die, it's not the end of the story. It was, it's, that's how he was trying to move them and their faith. And then here's what he said about the crowd that came later. All the people who followed Mary to go see Jesus, this is what he said. They took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Bringing someone back to life after four days is only something God can do. It is hardcore proof that Jesus is who he says he is and that he is speaking God's truth. It's the very same thing he acknowledged in chapter 10 when he was almost stoned by the people in Jerusalem. Let's look at that. When people were questioning him and what he was doing, he said, Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. And so the people that were there that day, the people kind of on the periphery, he was working for them too. He was trying to help them move. He, by bringing Lazarus back to life, he was trying to help them move in their faith. And guess what? He did. The Bible says that many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. So here we are with knowledge, if not necessarily always understanding. I confess that some days the truth of this is easier for me to understand than others. Some days I find myself wandering down paths of doubt and despair. But when we find ourselves doing that, there's something we can do. We can take a cue from what Mary and Martha did in the same situation. Even though they didn't understand what was going on or why Jesus did it, even though they were struggling with it, they chose to believe in Jesus. I particularly love what it says about Mary when Martha called her sister aside to tell her that the teacher wanted her. It says that when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. Mary was struggling, whether it was in doubt or despair or both. But when she heard that her teacher, her sweet Jesus, was calling her, she ran to him. All the people who were there thought that she was running to Lazarus's grave, but Mary chose not to sit at the source of her problem. Instead, she chose to run to the source of her life. That's our invitation in all of this. When we are faced with death, whether it is actual death or the death of a dream or a relationship, will we choose to sit in it or will we run to the source of our life regardless of if we understand it or not? This story has a happy ending. Lazarus comes back to life. Yay! So does that mean my dream will come back to life? Or that your loved one will be healed from cancer? Or that relationship that matters to you will be restored? Maybe. Maybe not. Lazarus died. It doesn't get much worse than that for Mary and Martha. Which means that sometimes God is going to show up 
past the place where you think he should. But it is because of his love for you that he shows up when it is most needed for your soul. My name is Jody Sweet, and this has been Bullhorn Bible Study. We'll see you next time.